the last uh, two weeks, we've been talking about Jonah. Two weeks ago, we, or I guess three weeks ago now, we talked about Jonah and the attitudes of his heart. You know, did he have the right attitude when he was being asked to go to talk to these people and he ran the other way? Did he have the right attitude? And then last week, we talked about a relentless God. Jonah thought that everything was working in the way that he needed to go. He had the money for the the boat to be able to go in the opposite direction. There was a boat to go in the opposite direction. Um, So he thought everything was going good. And then what did God do? He sent a big fish, swallow him up and uh, get him to where he needed to go. So God is relentless. And I want want you guys to know that God is relentlessly wanting you. He relentlessly loves you and cares about you. All right, so but so this week we're going to be talking about Jonah and the God of second chances. God loves you, cares about you. We we know that God will give you second chances. Sometimes he'll even give you even more chances than that. I know there's there's times where you know I'd be wanting. I'll give you an example. I added this guitar that I loved. I really wanted. And this is kind of the cool thing. I don't know if it's a God thing, but it was kind of a cool little story about second chances. Anyways, this guitar, the one I actually have now, is $5,000. Okay? I don't have $5,000 to buy a guitar. I don't think anyone really does, or at least they shouldn't. But anyways, um, I don't have it. Anyways, I'm wanting, I, I, used to, I went to this shop. It was long in McQuaid in Calgary, and I loved it. And I'd play the guitar, I'd whatever, and then I'd go... I go back, it's still there? Oh yeah, it's still there. Okay, so I'll go. Then one day it was gone. And I was scared. I'm like, no, I want it. I want it. Have you ever watched, well, you know, Wayne's World, there was this guitar that Wayne was really wanting. That was my guitar that I was really wanting. Anyways, it went away, and then I noticed a week later it came back. Man, that, that, I'm like, it made me happy because... <laughs> It went from $5,000 down to, I think I paid 1700 which is still a lot, but $1,700. I, I saved 3300 bucks, and the reason why, it was going back for repairs, for updates. But so I got a second chance for this guitar. Kind of neat. But what God is saying here, and what we're going to be reading, is that God, even though Jonah ran away trying to avoid uh, what God's trying to do, God gave him a second chance. So we... The enemy loves us to camp out, whereas Jonah didn't expect to be uh, rescued. He thought when he got on that boat, going the op- opposite direction, that he was done. It was over. It, it, it was no other chance to uh, get anything. But the enemy loves for us to camp out in that mind- mindset because when we think that we're done, it's over, that's okay because we become useless to the kingdom of God. That's what the enemy likes. He wants us to believe that we're useless for the kingdom, right? That um, the enemy wants Christians to fail. But once we've accepted Christ, he can no longer keep us from being saved, but he can surely try and take us out of the race. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about running the race. We talked about taking our, our things and giving it to God. So this new year, we can stand and move forward with him. Right, so we see that the enemy loves to fill our minds with negative things, uh, things that mess up the true reality of who God is and what God says. Right, but uh, I want to encourage us that we want to see that God does the restoration in us. 
He's using our circumstances, our difficulties in our life uh, to reveal more of who he is. So this uh, week, I'm going to be just doing a quick little rundown about Jonah 3. Um, so this is just a quick summary. Basically, we're saying grace is a major theme of Jonah 3. First is God's grace shown to uh, Jonah by extending him a second chance after his just flagrant rebellion, pretty much. So Jonah's, Jonah made a serious mistake and suffered serious consequences to that mistake. But God was merciful and offered Jonah a second chance. So then we keep going here. We see the same is true for the people of Nineveh, right? They also had rebelled against God. They, um, but then God delivered a, a warning of coming wrath through his prophet. But when people responded to God's warning and turned to him, God let go of his anger and chose to forgive. So we keep going here in, in Jonah 3. Now we see that it points to a secondary theme, and that's repentance. And that's when the second chances comes. We see that people of Nineveh went full out and repenting of their sin and begging for God's forgiveness. And they understood that they had been working against God through their actions and attitudes. And they determined to change. But the crazy part is, is what's more is they actively took steps to demonstrate the repentance. So we have a couple little things I want to guys point out is, number one is God gives second chances. So you see in verse 1 of Jonah 3, it says, the word came a second time. So what does that mean? Well, for Jonah, for Jonah, uh, we, we said Jonah messed up and ran the other way, putting other people in danger just because he decided to dis- disobey uh, what God's asked him to do. But we see that God still used him to share a message of hope. So he, he ran off, but God gave him a second chance to still share the message. Then we also see for, for Nineveh that these, the, they were evil. They were pagan people who got another chance to change their ways in trusting God. I know two weeks ago we talked about how Jonah didn't really care about the people in Nineveh, that he'd, he'd rather them just not know the message. They deserve it. They deserve to die. They deserve all this. But he was being judge and jury. That's not our place. We're not called to be the judge or the jury. See, we've all been given a second chance because of our selfishness and, and our pride. We naturally will do things our own way. I know I catch myself sometimes. I'll want to do it. Uh, I'll say, oh, we're going to do this. But then inside, I'm like, eh, no, I'm, I'm going to do this way, indirectly get my way because I want it. I know I catch myself sometimes doing that, not even meaning to. It's just our, our natural part of us being humans. We, we end up leaving a, a trail of destruction and hurt and pain that we may not even be aware of. But at the same time, even through that destruction and that hurt, God doesn't give up on us. He's relentless. He gives chance after chance until we finally uh, stop running. We stop running and we surrender to, to his plan. We see the life of, of someone who knows that they have been uh, pursued by a loving and awesome God will look drastically different than a life of someone who n- has never come to this point in their life. I don't know if we can all be at one point is, and before some of us got married, before some of us dated anybody or anything, sometimes it's, 
it's that initial feeling. It's like, I love that, that person. God's placed that person in my life that I want to be with. And you're going to pursue them. Because God's put on their heart that this person is going to be the person that's with you. And I know for the, on the other side, the person that's being pursued, they'll feel loved and welcomed. Their lives will be drastically different than the person who gets shot off to the side that no one even cares about. I told a story, uh, an example, a couple uh, years ago, actually quite a few years ago, when I, when I went to Hastings Street in Vancouver. It was a hard place. You go, we spent a uh, couple nights down there, me and a couple other guys on our own personal missions trip. But I remember there, we, the three of us would be huddled onto a uh, bus bench with a blanket around us, sleeping throughout the n- parts of the night. But then we see people on the outside that are either... They're shooting up, they're drinking their problems away, they're fighting. I saw someone nearly OD right near me. How different would their lives be if they felt that people pursued them as value? That they saw their worth and their value? So I want to encourage that, like last week, no matter what you've done or where you've been, it's not too much, it's not too dark, it's not too far away, and and for God to break through. And this is honestly amazing news. I remember when I was in on Hastings Street that I was able to pray for people. I was able to speak God's truth in their lives. I was able to 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 help guide people. I don't remember if I told the story about. There's one guy. his nickname was Odie. And actually, this, this guy, he, he's lived on the streets, I, th- I think it was like seven years or not at that time, seven or eight years. And he was, he, he was addicted to drugs and alcohol and everything else. Now, this is the sad part. Another sad part of it is that his parents, his dad was a pastor. His pastor, he was a pastor on, in, I think it was Kelowna, I think it was. So how did it go from this, this, this past pastor to this son who's oh, pretty much ODing near me, who's getting drunk, everything that, not feel the love and acceptance? It can happen to everybody, but I want you to know, we were able to talk to him. We were able to get him lined up to get cleaned. We were able to contact his dad who he's never, he hasn't talked to, like I said, for seven or eight years. His dad came and picked him up. He's able to get his life back on track. Was it hard? I, I bet you it was. But you're never too far for God to do a breakthrough in your life. You're never too far for God to change the things that are going on uh, in you because God, the God we serve takes our, our messiness, our messy lives, and he makes masterpieces out of it. And so right now, maybe you're, you're realizing God has given you another chance to be able to say, to proclaim his name, to say that I love you. But I want, I want us to not forget about what the story of Jonah is all about. He's the main character, so to speak, but ultimately we are seeing the heart of God in the life of Jonah. The story is all about God. But God is relentlessly and loves uh, Jonah. But God also is relentless and loves the Ninevites. So we see that the second one here is uh, Jonah chooses to trust God at his word. So verse 3 uh, talks about how Jonah arose and went. 
Jonah doesn't know exactly what's going to happen, but he's operating. He, he's working in the proper view of God. So he ends up, so he ends up going to Nineveh. See that Jonah gets uh, to experience the amazing peace that comes with being in the presence of God. No matter the size of the city or even the evil nature of what's going on, we can know that God goes before us and God goes with us. Jonah knew this. Initially he was scared, but he knew it. So Jonah ends up choosing to trust God at his word, that he said what he said, and he meant what he meant. See, the third thing here is God changes the hearts of the people. Verse 5 says, the people believed God. Verse 6 says, the word reached the king. But it keeps going. Verse 7 says, He issued a proclamation. Let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. They did this not even knowing if God relent from destroying them or, or not. But we see that they show greater faith than Jonah did even at the beginning. Isn't that kind of a wake-up call? that these people ended up um, showing greater faith than Jonah. Jonah's the one that's supposed to share the message to them. But we see here, I gave a quote from uh, a guy named Oswald Chambers last week, but another quote here he said is, you are not called to happiness nor to health, but to holiness. God's ultimate desire is for us to be uh, holy as he is holy, to be complete but not perfect but perfected through Jesus Christ. That's what God's desire is for us. You see, the same restoration and and redemption that Jonah experienced um, is what God wants all of us to be able to experience. What Jonah experienced isn't just for him. It's for each and every one of us. That's the same thing. We see here in 2 Peter uh, 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. We see here that Jonah was simply just the messenger. The Ninevites realized who they were in the light of who God is. They realized what was really happening around them. So again, we see a picture of what true repentance looks like. Have we ever looked at what true repentance looks like? If you haven't, I encourage you to keep looking at this. Look at 2 Peter. Right, We see here that there are two ways that um, people tend to see God's grace. We see that sometimes we treat it as God's grace is just cheap. It's cheap. Sometimes we treat God's grace as though it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't know. I'm sure 99% of us play Monopoly at one point in our life. We always cherish a get-out-of-jail card. Sometimes we treat God's grace as that, that get-out-of-jail card. We live however we want to because we want to go to heaven. Let me just pull out the card. We see that Paul addresses this in Romans 6, uh, verses 1 to 4. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We see that God's grace, the second part here is God's grace is, it changes lives. We realize that we deserve destruction and, and surrender to the Lord. But be, and because of his great love and grace, we can't help but to follow him and grow more in love with him and who he is and who he says he is. But not out of guilt, not out of shame, but out of grace. We see God's plan is to use you to take the message of restoration and hope to others. We see here, the last one we talked about is, it, it talked about being baptized. We talked, and the one announcement I did forget to say is we are looking at doing a baptism in the next couple of months. We are going to be talking about that. And that's just kind of here, is with the newness. So if you have not been baptized, please come talk to me. I want to get some names so we can get together a, a Sunday where we can celebrate. We celebrate with you. Because God's grace, it changes lives. That's what it does. So we, I have a video here um, we're going to be playing. I want us to take a look at it. It's, it talks about the restoration. It talks about God's grace. So while the video is playing, just please look at it and think about how God's grace affects you and affects the lives of others. Beginning in the garden and working its way through Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ultimately expressed through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it is the thread of restoration. God's grand desire to see all of us restored into a graceful relationship with our Creator, one another, and ourselves. God calls us to join Him at work, following the Spirit's thread of restoration wherever we go. Seeing this world through his eyes and not our own, we offer up second chances and fresh starts in the name of Jesus. We bring hope to the hopeless, peace to the chaos, and love to the broken. given a ministry of restoration. So this video, it talks about restoration, talks about second chances. It talks about following uh, what the Spirit is asking us to do. There's this, this another story I want to give to go along with this. And it's a story um, I read um, online uh, uh, this past week, and it talks about this, this little girl 
she'd go, and I don't know about when you go to the stores and you put the loony or the quarter in the machines and you get that little ball. Anyway, she was had this uh, little ball she got, and inside of it was this necklace. It looked cheap. It looked pla- it was plastic, right? It wasn't anything special, but she had this. So she'd put it on, and basically she w- she loved this necklace that she got. She loved it. She didn't take it off. She wore it to bed every night. She adored it. She cherished it. But every night, her dad, as he tucked her in, would ask her this, can I have that necklace? And each time that he asked her if he could have that necklace, she said no. She didn't want to give it up. But as she said no, she did the whole smiling, the, the little little sparkle in her eye, little puppy eyes. No, Daddy, I love it. She did this and kept doing it and kept doing it. Her dad would not give up and continued to ask her for the necklace night after night. And then finally, one night as he was tucking her in, she finally gave in and with tears in her eyes, she handed the necklace to her dad. She really didn't want to give up this necklace that she cherished. She loved so much she got from this little container. She loved it. She didn't want to give it up, but she did with tears going down her face. But once she handed over the necklace, her dad ended up pulling out this purple velvet bag. And from this bag, he pulled out a string of real pearls. And he said to his daughter, I've been waiting for you to give up that necklace so I can give you the real thing. You see, he was waiting for her to be willing to give up something cheap that she loved so much, something cheap that just made her feel a little bit better. But he waited, and but he pursued and pursued his daughter until she gave it up. And he was able to give her the real thing. See, this is what God loves to do. He's waiting for us to give up the cheap stuff that we think satisfies us, the cheap stuff that we love, and to give us his best. He wants us to give away the cheap stuff that are just time goes between filling us up to make us feel better. But the only thing that can make us feel better is our Heavenly Father's love. And that's the example of this story of this, this girl and her dad is he's waiting for us to do that. We see like Jonah, many of us hold on to our own view of what this life should be uh, about and what it should be like only to be miserable and miss what God had in store for us. Sometimes we think it's all about me. I want to do this. I want to get this out of my life. I want this to happen to me. And God's saying, no. I want this for you. But sometimes we put up that wall so we stop listening to what he has for us. Sometimes we put up that wall. Sometimes it it could be the same thing as instead of putting up a wall, we end up being seat warmers like I've been talking about. Sometimes we we want our own comfortable. We want to be comfortable. So we sit down. We don't do anything. But we sit down and we're comfortable. We don't have to worry about um, life being hard. Because I don't know about you, when we follow Jesus, there's our life isn't meant to be easy, isn't meant to be simple. But God loves you and he's walking with you during those hard times. 
You see that I don't want that to be your life is where we just become seat warmers or we become so focused on who we are and what we want that we don't listen to what God wants. I don't want you to look back at your life and wonder what it could have been like if you trusted God. Sometimes we're so scared to trust God, put God on the throne of our life that we push him off to the side so we can be it, so we can direct what's going on in our heart. Sometimes we're so comfortable with that, it, it makes life easier. But I'll be honest, if life is, is really easy, you'll eventually start missing out on joy. If you think about it, all these people that, you, you, I looked up this thing about uh, the lottery winners. All these people who win the lottery, millions of dollars, they go through, they're so excited, they're, oh, this is the best I can do, everything I want in my life, and then they go and they spend it all. And then after they spend it all, they're more, they, they, they're more depressed. They're like, we had everything and we lost everything. Sometimes we think that we, what we want is the be-all, end-all. But God's saying, well, no, when you are hurting, come to me and I will give you rest. He's saying, come who are brokenhearted, come who are weary, and I will give you rest. Because I want to see the best for you and the best in your life. He's patiently waiting for us to quit trying to do this life uh, on our own. Because if you're, if you're his child, which you all are, you have everything you need in Jesus Christ. We need to stop. We need to stop running. We need to stop putting us in front of God. I want to encourage you. Sometimes we lose sight of that, and sometimes it's so easy to get distracted by what God is trying to put on your heart. Sometimes the enemy will go and say, hey, I'm putting this boat here. Hey, I'm putting money in your pocket to go the opposite direction of what God wants. But I'm going to make you feel good about it, like it's God's plan. I'm going to distract you from what God's trying to say. So I have some questions here is, what would our lives look like if we gave it all over to God? If you gave every aspect of your life, what would it look like? Would it be, would you, would it be a huge change? Or would it be just slightly? Would you be more, would you be depressed if you gave your life to God? Or would you be more excited and filled with peace? The everlasting peace that He gives. Or what could God do through you if you choose to surrender your whole life to what He wants to do? What if, what if we choose to stop running right now? What if we choose to stop running and, and walk to Him? What if we take the things that are hurting us, the things that are distracting us, taking it and nailing it to the cross? What would that mean for you? How can you live in, in light of the grace that you've been shown in Christ? How can you live in that? What needs to start happening in your life to be able to live in the amazing grace, the amazing grace that God has shown you? Do we consider it cheap? Or do we consider it, it's going to change our life? And will you join him? Will you join him when, he, when, when God's saying, I love you, I'm relentlessly going after you. There's a song called Relentless. I encourage you, if you have listened to it, take a listen. It's talking about how the God relentlessly loves you and cares about you and wants what's best for you. He doesn't want you... He doesn't want you to suffer. He knows there is suffering. There is hurt. 
But he knows that during that time where you're hurting and you're suffering and you just don't know where to go, and he is there with you. He is there with you. You aren't alone. Jonah thought he was alone. He finally got away from God, getting on that boat, going the other way, till the storm and the fish came, and wasn't he surprised? So will you share his story of redemption? Will you share his story of restoration? Will you tell people that God is a God of second chances? Are you going to share the message to the people that need to hear it? Or are we just going to sit on our chairs and just warm our seats on Sunday morning? I've been really encouraged in the last little while is that sometimes, sometimes we get so comfortable. Remember this song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. How's your light shining? Are you hiding it? Are you letting it show? Are you letting the fire that's in your heart to start dwindling down? Or are you going to let it just be on fire for God? So I, I want to encourage you. Don't let your fire in, the, in your heart start to dwindle out. Be like Jonah. It's a weird thing to say. Oh, you're telling me to go run off, be, do the opposite of what God says? No. Be like Jonah because he was scared, but he ended up trusting God. He ended up trusting him and the impact that Jonah, uh, that God used Jonah for. So are you a seat warmer? Or are you going to be on fire for God and share the message of redemption and restoration with the people around us? So like the Ninevites, many people are ready and waiting to hear the truth that will change their lives. And you are the ones that God has chosen to share uh, that with them. Like Jonah, God has, has strategically placed you in a position to proclaim his good news to those around you, whether it's at work, your families, your friends, in, at uh, Black Mountain, at wherever, at Walmart, Dollar it doesn't matter. God has placed you in that place for a reason. Be bold about it. Share the message of God's great grace. His good news to those around you in the world, it, it, you've given, you've been given that opportunity. And personally, I think that's incredible that God loves us so much and he trusts us so much that he's given us that mission to be able to share the good news. That's how much he trusts us. He doesn't think we're going to fail. He doesn't want us to fail. No, he trusts you to share his good news. The creator of the universe knows you would be alive for such a time as this and to be his mouthpiece and to, and to display his love for each and every one of you and each and every one that is out, that don't go to church, that don't know who God is. Encourage you as we continue to surrender our lives to God, encourage you to take that next step and engage in these conversations this week. Even it might be challenging or hard, it's such an important part of our walk to share the gospel. I guarantee you, you would not be here if someone did not share the gospel to you. We'd be an empty building. There's no doubt about it. I guarantee you, you can most of you can probably remember who that person was that shared who God was to you. Now, God's using you to be that person for somebody else. Don't think you're too far and too off the trail for God to be able to use you. 
He wants to use you. He loves you. He's spoken life into you. So I encourage you, if there's something that struggling, you're struggling with, give it up to God. Give it up to God. Lay it down at the feet of the cross. Turn away from that and now turn to Jesus and, and, and follow him. I encourage you, you can do that right now. If you haven't had the opportunity, you can do it where you're at.